0: Good morning, everybody. I hope all is well. It's Christmas Day. Uh, Merry Christmas to those of you that celebrate. Um, I wanted to preface this episode. This was recorded back in May. Um, My mom got a new job in the fall that has taken a little bit more time out of her schedule. Um, My schedule's been a mess, so we haven't been making a whole lot of episodes. But there's this one from May that um, we're going to post for you guys. And then I have another one that I recorded um, in November that I will post probably within the next two weeks. My hope is that in the future we get to every two weeks. Um, I'm really hoping that happens in 2021. My mom and I just have to work on our schedules and see if this, if that can happen. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to improving on the number of episodes that we make and the quality of each one. Um. So, so yeah, uh, this episode is about diverticulosis, um, and it's something that, uh, is mainly caused by our diet, it seems. There's always other factors like genetics and, um, physical activity, but the American diet is something that my mom and I talk about a lot, um, and, uh, we thought diverticulosis would be kind of a good, uh, problem to, to bring up early on, um. So, yeah, without further ado, this is episode two of The Health Aspect. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you guys, and I hope you all have a very happy new year. Take care. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of The Health Aspect podcast. My name is Brad. I'm with my co-host. Teresa. And I quickly want to talk about why I've decided to start this podcast and um, why I've asked Teresa to, to do it with me. Um one thing that I deeply care about is the health of other people. Um I think right now we're all living in a time where the information on um different health issues is kind of kind of crazy. You can go to any website and and find different um you know, you can find different information on different diseases. Um you could freak yourself out pretty easily if you go to um, you know, if you Google Certain things you can convince yourself pretty easily that you have certain health problems, and just in general, I think it's a little bit difficult for uh, the average person, which I consider myself to be. Um, I'm not a medically educated person. Um, it's there's just a sea of information out there, is what I'm trying to say. And um and and Teresa is a a um a medical professional, and um so what I want to do is bring specific information about health issues, to the average person. That's why I'm doing this. Um, yeah. So, today we're talking about, what are we talking about?
1: Diverticulosis.
0: Okay. So, what is, what's the definition, of diverticulosis?
1: It's a spectrum. It's a disease that's kind of falls on a spectrum, but diverticulosis itself means that the person has some sack-like pouches on their... Colon typically they're large intestine,
0: okay,
1: and that's just a bit over you know like a broad statement of it. It's sac-like pouches on the colon, but there's okay. a spectrum of different levels of that disease. Okay, so
0: so what causes us a, a a pouch or a, a sac? Oh, hmm.
1: you know the the actual cause of the disease is is not definitely defined, but the thinking mm-hmm. is is that. The pressure that we have built up in our our bowel causes a weakening okay. in the wall of okay. the colon, and it causes these sac-like sac-like formations. But a so, lot of so,
0: are you saying so? Uh, are you saying like if you're not frequently taking a number two? Well, they that they, pressure?
1: they think that it's really uh, it is a risk factor is low fiber intake, and okay. they feel that in our Country Western cultures mm-hmm. that our fiber intake is low, so that's been linked definitely okay. as a, a high risk factor. But in the more and more studies in recent thinking, that it's more of an inflammatory process, mm-hmm. and the actual cause we don't know. Okay. It's probably multifactor, okay. you know, multifactorial, like most of our problems. Mm-hmm. And I can go over more risk factors if you want, mm-hmm. but um, basically, it's a weakening of the bowel wall. Mm-hmm. They feel maybe secondary to pressure or inflammation, not totally understood. But you mentioned about number two, yes, fecal stasis or bowel movement states like not moving through because yeah. of lack of fiber, mm-hmm. causes, you know, chronic inflammation and causes that pressure. Um some other thinking is that the, our gut biome is so messed up from our diets and things like that. can that have a role? That's kind of like okay. a. So um, but that would so just I be like
0: can, inflaming the tissue?
1: The bowel wall tissue okay. and causing weakness and then there's pressure. Okay,
0: okay. So so it's when it starts as a problem, it's a it's like a physical thing. Like you have a weakness and it starts a pouch.
1: Yeah, you have like a sack that forms. Okay. Yep. And are
0: these how big are, are they like really tiny? Or? They can be
1: tiny, they can be multiple, they can be Can um, they be big? Uh, big. No? Like I don't know the exact size, but you know, when you say big, I mean mm-hmm. they can what happens is they can pouch out and then because the wall's weak then they burst.
0: Okay. And but, that's
1: what we're talking about. That when that happens, when there's a inflammation, that's diverticulitis. So that's on the okay. spectrum. Like you could have these sacs and they never give you any problem. In okay. fact, a small percentage of people with diverticular disease or diverticulosis mm-hmm. only a very small percentage actually get diverticulitis, which okay. is an inflammation. And it can be complicated or uncomplicated.
0: So diverticulosis is the disease? Is the sac-like. Sac-like, okay. Yeah. But diverticulitis is what? Let's draw a distinction Diverticulitis
1: is the inflammation.
0: Inflammation of the, of the of bowel. That, of, of, the that of that
1: oh. diverticulum. Of that sac. Oh. The diverticulitis, and that can be... That's usually caused by a perforation. It could be small, like just a microperf <laughs> that causes, you know, that happens in that bowel wall. Okay. And... You can get really detailed, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it depends on how many layers of the bow wall goes through. Oh, but wow. generally, okay. if it perforates and there's leakage of stool mm-hmm. or into the abdominal cavity, that's that can lead to a okay. pretty bad infection.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So that's, that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah, diverticulitis
1: okay, is that end spectrum where it's really bad. Also, okay. people can have bleeding. Like one of those things could burst and bleed. Okay. So that's. But. Okay. That's you know on the spectrum too.
0: Okay. But uh, so so what's the process of getting so it start it starts with pressure. Like... Yeah, weakness and pressure mm-hmm. of,
1: the, of the colon.
0: Okay. And is it that simple? It's just you have weakness and pressure, and then uh, does it get infected? Or... Yeah. Okay. Yep, oh, so infected. that's what happens. The
1: colon gets you know inflamed and, you know, sometimes. There's some thinking that it's just an inflammation process. That's They're leaning toward that now, like saying that it's an inflammatory process. But typically it's a bacteria... We believe that it's a bacterial mm. infection. And in this country, okay. if you're leaking stool in there, more than likely you are going to get antibiotics. Some countries, okay. if you just have minimal disease, meaning like I'm talking about uncomplicated and complicated. It's two separate things. Okay? okay. okay. Complicated is, is if the um there's a perforation and mm. you know an infection has occurred. It's um an abscess forms inside there and that's inside bad. The side? Yeah, inside no, inside the abdominal wall, like okay. inside not the abdominal wall, right around the colon. Mm. It can it can form an abscess formation. You can have um obstruction just from the swelling. And mm. you can also have a fistula, which is an opening from like the bowel to say the bladder so that wouldn't be good if you have stool going into the bladder so there's complicated that's complicated diverticulitis but okay. you can also have uncomplicated where people just get a little pain they get you know an inflammation mm-hmm. and they they usually give them some antibiotics and they can be managed as an outpatient and they're and okay. they're fine
0: okay so so okay so the cause of this is mostly believed to be like if you if you have a high or at least enough fiber in your diet, like that'll help mitigate the chances. They, they like,
1: think that, but okay. prevention, you know, is controversial as of using the high fiber diet. And there's some medicines that they try to decrease the risk of people that have diverticulosis. They know they have the sacs, and could they take a medicine to help that? Okay. But in general, the thinking is yes, we should all increase our fiber, okay, because that should help.
0: Okay, so okay, so. Sorry, I'm just. I just want to kind of go through this from the from. The, so 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 you get these sacs. They can get infected, mm-hmm. um, or it's just a general inflammation problem. And is that right? So so
1: an inflammatory process occurs, and it can it can mm-hmm. either be a bad situation mm-hmm. where there's all these complications, mm-hmm. so, or not.
0: But but you can just be in pain from from the sacs and then being inflamed inflamed. Even if you don't have one that bursts or anything like that, is is there still... Would you experience pain without them bursting? No, some people
1: can. Some people can have those sacs Mm -hmm. and just be totally asymptomatic. That's the big percentage of people. There are some people that don't have an infection or an inflammation and and they're thinking they could have some symptoms from it. But in general, diverticulosis, you don't have pain or symptoms. Diverticulitis is... gotcha those sacs becoming inflamed. burst or okay. inflamed okay. and you have pain. Okay.
0: okay. So, okay.
1: It's generally older people. Is like it? Okay. in our country, it's older people. So it's a, it's a disease of aging, although um, I've had a lot of experience younger and younger people. And again, is it all related to our... If, if mm-hmm. you believe that it's all related to the diet, that makes sense. Um so but generally it's it, you know as you get older your risk of having diverticulitis increases or diverticular disease increases.
0: Okay. Okay. So and it's generally eating more fiber is like generally the the rule, right? Yeah. So okay. So so what happens if you do get so what what is the treatment? So you're saying so if it if you get one of those sacs that bursts
1: so typically like if you if you if you have diverticulitis you're gonna mm-hmm. have some belly pain okay. typically it's in the left lower quadrant because that's where the sigmoid colon is that's the part of our colon that's the the narrowest and um, mm. has the most pressure so that's one of the thinkings why it occurs in the left for some reason in Asia I forget if it's what country it is mm-hmm. they have more common it's on the right side which really? no one's I don't really know why, but huh. that's what I, I know that that's a thing, okay. but left lower quadrant pain, nausea, vomiting, possibly fever, uh, chills, um, changes in your bowel habits. Like you might oh. be either having constipation or diarrhea, um, depending on the inflammation, and sometimes people have the voiding symptoms, meaning when they urinate, they might have more frequency, urgency, and all that's related to that area being swollen okay. and can cause okay. some urinary symptoms. So typically, that's the presenting symptoms that someone with diverticulitis has. Okay. That's so it's, what so it's
0: basically the symptoms of most infections, right? Yeah, you have and, pain, mm-hmm.
1: fever, you know, chills. And then you Um, might have
0: some bowel or...
1: It changes in your bowel habits and things like that. Now, that's the patient. That's the person's symptoms. Mm -hmm. But clinically, you know, there's... What we look at when we're working someone up is...
0: You what, do you, know. what do
1: you mean by that well to find out like if they have it like sometimes you know if somebody has a history of diverticular disease they go to their doctor they have left lower quadrant pain okay. their vital signs mm-hmm. are stable meaning their blood pressure is okay their heart rate's okay mm-hmm. they they don't have a fever they might send them for some labs okay. do a cat scan it okay. can be managed outpatient Okay. Gotcha. versus not if okay. they end up in the emergency department, there's a whole workup that's done. Okay,
0: and can you get in real trouble if this goes unchecked? Like, is it um, like you're, you're talking about being in the emergency department? Like, yeah, can...
1: yeah. I mean, people can come in with severe pain. Um, we usually get a CAT scan. You mm-hmm. get lab work. You're looking for elevated you know white blood cell count which indicates infection not Mm -hmm. everybody exhibits that Mm -hmm. you're looking at their vital signs are they stable or unstable you know are they do they have chronic illnesses are they compromised immune in any way like are they a dialysis patient are they on prednisone are they you know old or they have cancer (laughs) those people you have more of a red flag for like these people might need to be managed in the hospital and then depending on the cat scan findings, because obviously if there's an abscess we have to drain it. If mm. if it's, it, you know, a lot of people, you try to get by with the minimal, like meaning, treat them with the IV antibiotics and watch them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Some people have on the other spectrum, like you know, there's people outpatient that are managed, and then on the opposite spectrum, there's people that have to have major surgery. And what I mean by that is they have to go in, cut that part of the bow out that's inflamed and messed up, mm-hmm. cut that out, and then you can't put. Inflamed bowel back together. So that person would have a bag where okay. their bow, you know, their stools called? coming out. An ostomy. ostomy. Okay. An mm-hmm. ostomy. And so they would have an ostomy that, that the stools coming out of, and then um, that's for several months. They have that. And usually, once the inflammation can come down, most people can have it reconnected then. Okay, so, and so for anyone
0: that hasn't heard of an ostomy bag, just to to reiterate this, because this has blown my mind before, what what Therese is saying here is, uh, uh, they cut your lower intestine. I guess is your, your bowel. Wherever
1: the diverticulitis is.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, which is a tube. So they cut that tube, um, or, or they cut out a section of that tube that is inflamed, and they can't put the two. I guess in most and- cases
1: back together
0: yeah yeah so um, they can't put those two ends back together because they're inflamed so for a period of time the upper end of that tube is connected to a bag that comes out of your stomach and out of your body and that's how you poop yep okay yeah and it's do people experience pain with that like is that
1: well, surgery pain initially, but you mm-hmm. know the pain from the ostomy isn't like ongoing, but okay. it's it's okay. it's very challenging for a lot of people because they have to be able to care for it. They mm-hmm. have to, you know, be able to empty it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it can't be. You know, cosmetically, you know, a lot of people have a lot of anxiety and you know concerns about it. There's wound ostomy nurses that. Do a lot with this teaching and okay. really show them tricks of the trade and how to manage it. So, and then they they usually have visiting nurses and things like that. And mm-hmm. most people, you know, adjust to just like anything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, they deal they deal with it.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, okay. And then they come back a
1: couple months. So it's later, a couple months. Mm-hmm. You know, once everything, all the inflammation is settled down, and then they get the surgery to reverse it.
0: Okay. Okay. So is that like the worst case scenario? If if like can you die from diverticulitis? Yeah, you
1: could die if you become an, septic. Okay, so you know s- if you if you are that sick and infected, um, and depending on you know most people healthy individuals mm-hmm. obviously our reserve is much better. But if mm-hmm. you have multiple medical problems, I mean anybody can die from sepsis, and okay. sepsis has a fairly high mortality. So if somebody becomes septic from that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yes, how would that happen? Possible. That
0: would be like the sacs would be infected and they burst. When they burst and the fluid's then...
1: leaking, and you know the patient's reserve isn't there to fight the infection. or okay. you know, The antibiotics so, don't get started in time or whatever. So
0: basically, in your um, cavity, what, what would you call it? In your abdominal cavity. Yeah. Um. If if those sacs burst, they're gonna like be leaking out.
1: Yeah. If they're in, in, into the peritoneal cavity, like okay. there's a you know. Where your intestines and yeah, are. yeah, where everything is in mm-hmm. there. You know, it leaks and, I mean, you know, obviously when they do the surgery, they do washouts and stuff like that. But, I mean, again, the person's health baseline.
0: And ability to fight.
1: Ability to fight and and what, where along this continuum did they get picked up? You know, because like some say, elderly people, their pain threshold is like maybe they had this pain for a while and they didn't. You know, seek help. Or in in elderly people, don't mount a fever a lot of times when they have an infection. So, you know, and again, their comorbidities or what other medical problems did this person have? But is it possible? Yeah, it's possible that they become septic and somebody could die from this. But is that that common? Not typically. I mean, typically, okay. you know, if they have the left lower quadrant pain and the workup is appropriate, mm-hmm. they get the, the appropriate antibiotics and they get treated and mm-hmm. their diet gets advanced. And initially, they have to eat a low-fiber diet to mm-hmm. help because of all the inflammation. And then usually, it's a high-fiber diet that's recommended. Mm-hmm. The old okay. school used to be no seeds, nuts, or corn was the thinking that could cause diverticulitis. Yeah, that still... And that's not... It's been debunked by really? multiple studies but there yeah. are people that still think like i can't eat strawberries or nuts because that triggered mine and then right. you know triggered my episodes in the past and then obviously then they typically
0: avoid that but that's okay. okay and and just for people that don't know what is is sepsis an infection in the bloodstream is that correct yeah or...
1: sepsis there's a whole continuum of sepsis too you can have
0: but what's the defi- what's the basic definition for people that don't know at all what
1: an infection a systemic infection in your body
0: okay
1: um there's septic shock that you know that's defined as you know sepsis which is a known bacteria like you have an identified source for okay. an infection in someone's body in mm-hmm. this case it would be the bowel mm-hmm. and septic shock is that they don't respond to resuscitation meaning like they're in shock they won't be required you know, ICU care and all okay. that, but, you know, they don't respond to, um, treatment. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think I have that right. Okay. It's complicated because they keep changing the di- uh, definition of sepsis, sepsis shock, sears, S- serves as system, system inflammatory response, um, symptoms, um, sepsis. I mean, it's so much. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, but, okay. So just the broad range of, where you can end up if you have diverticulosis is you could, not even you could not need anything whatsoever, right. or you could be full on diverticulitis to the and and it could you know you could have these sacs burst and then you could become septic. and you can get recurrent like episodes worst. of those. Okay, yeah. okay. So the, and this is typically so. Is it true that if you get diverticulitis once, is it typically recurrent? Is that for, is it a common thing for it to recur, or do?
1: Yeah, it can. Um... It depends on what you read. Some will say, you know, usually the first episode they feel is the worst. Oh, yeah. And then people, depending on their particular trajectory, like Mm -hmm. if they have so many... There's some thinking like if you have so many episodes in a year or a couple years that you should prophylactically have that port cut out. Okay. You know, um, just do it. Do it so you don't have to keep going through these episodes. So I think it's... um, we didn't mention too I did mention that you can also have a diverticular that bleeds. I mentioned that. That's yeah. okay. Like a, not a high percentage of people. Does
0: that bleed into your uh, digestive tract? It can or, or can bleed, bleed out? out. It can bleed okay.
1: in or bleed out um if it bursts, but typically um but I think it's like 25 to 50% can have recurrent bouts. I think I think that's you know depending okay. on what literature you read. Okay. But Again, usually the first episode is the worst. And some people do develop, unfortunately, chronic pain, which isn't a good thing.
0: Okay. Okay. So, all right. Anything else? I have one more question, but before I ask that, anything else?
1: I don't think so. Um, It's just, uh, it's not cut and dry, just like anything in medicine. There's a spectrum. There's a spectrum of treatment, a spectrum um, people can be managed outpatient. A lot of people can manage outpatient. Some people have to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Some people need surgery. A lot of people don't need surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's 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 a spectrum.
0: Okay. And then and so just my last question is aside from eat, eating a decent amount of fiber in our diet, is there anything else that we can do? Like is is that just something should, like should we be generally just focused on having a healthy diet? Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it just the it, fiber or is it yeah, the quality of our food? Is we there didn't anything? Talk
1: about like the Other risk factors that they have documented. Age, like I said, is the big one because Uh as we get older, we're more at risk. I Mm -hmm. mentioned the fiber. Mm -hmm. Um, Red meat, supposedly. Really? Um, And I I don't know why. It's probably just that they feel it's associated with inflammation. Lack of exercise. High BMI. Oh, okay. Okay. Smoking. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, basically it is healthy living. Wow. And it all goes back to that. We'll be talking about so many different things and it always comes back to that.
0: Okay. Um
1: uh, smoking. There is association with NSAIDs, steroid use really? but okay. I don't know the exact um reason and and I see us still giving NSAIDs and when I say NSAIDs I mean like ibuprofen okay. and um anti inflammatory medicine. But there's some correlation and my thinking is, is those drugs can you know, cause a weakness in the wall, and that's how you get those pouches. But okay. um, can't hmm. quote me on that. Okay. But all those things I just mentioned are just listed just about in every chronic problem that we have, and it's also in diverticular diverticular disease. Wow,
0: you're saying so? You're saying most problems that people, you're saying just generally taking care of yourself. Yeah. As can with it, as the help most... get us
1: out of a lot of trouble. Okay. Okay. That's and this is I one think. of those things. Yep.
0: Okay and could you list those again you said age age um, is a
1: risk factor mm-hmm. uh low fiber diet lack of exercise a bmi greater than 25 mm-hmm. which uh, what so, is that is that yeah, overweight that, or the, obese? yeah that's overweight i think okay. overweight okay um smoking and mm-hmm. uh high bmi and then like i said the chronic steroid use which okay. some people can't get away from and so NSAIDs are narcotics which we all know aren't good for us anyway okay. so yeah okay. those
0: so newsflash if we take care of ourselves yeah. <laughs> we might yeah. help
1: knock off some of these things that happen to us
0: okay all right great anything else i don't think so awesome all right thank you so much yep thank you everyone for listening appreciate it um if you have any questions at all um there is a question submission form at uh, LockwoodLawns.com. Um, I believe it's under either um, it's either under podcast or question submission form or something like that. It's under one of the tabs, one of the tabs there. So, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Hey everyone! As soon as uh, my mom and I were done recording, um, we realized we wanted to clarify a few things, so we're going to do that right now.
1: So regarding um, the follow-up after a person has diverticulitis i really wanted to mention the importance of these people um typically six to eight weeks you know a couple months after their episode is over they do need to see um a gastroenterologist to get a colonoscopy because what you want to make sure is that you haven't missed a cancer that you feel that it was diverticulitis that caused this Mm -hmm. whole ordeal Mm -hmm. um you think that but you want to make sure that if they haven't had a recent colonoscopy um, or it's been a while that they need to have a colonoscopy. So that's something very important I wanted to mention. And then as in, as far as the sepsis, the definitions change all the time. So I get a little confused, but sepsis is when your body responds to stress and it's the inflammatory response to infection. And there's a spectrum, you know, of sepsis. So SIRS is... When you have a response only, but you don't have an identified source of infection. Sepsis is when you have the system responding, meaning your body's, you got your temp elevation, your heart rate up, and white blood cells going up. And you also have a source identified, so we have identified a source. And then there's severe sepsis and septic shock. But just to so you know, it's a a spectrum, so it's not just like one simple answer.
0: All right. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Health Aspect Podcast. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Health Aspect Podcast or interaction on the Health Aspect Podcast or Lockwood Lawn's websites or social media is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts posted on our sites or social media supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand my mom is not playing the role of a practitioner in this environment per se. She is educating.